Good morning, and welcome to Jew in the City Speaks with your host, Allison Josephs, also known as Jew in the City. We just had a very big event this past week. Um, I'm still coming off of it. Um, I told my husband I feel kind of like, I don't know, different analogies. Hit by a bus, crumpled piece of paper, like very good. It went very well, but um, these all-stars events are so much work and so much excitement. And then there's all the work after the work. Um, and But we're, thank God, we are so pleased with how it came out. We had almost 500 people this year, which is nearly double our largest crowd ever, which is pretty exciting, five years into it. I think a bunch of you guys came as well. Um, and we had people from every community and every background and every garb, from Hasidic to ex-Hasidic to modern to yeshiva, to Sephardic to, you know, I mean, really everything you could possibly imagine, Chabad. Um, and the evening was just pure Kiddush Hashem and just feedback that we got again and again from the people that were there was I had no idea how inspired I was going to be. Like they told me it was going to be an inspirational evening, but I feel like we're in a time of superlatives and people kind of say everything is amazing. Um, I think maybe I over amazing things too sometimes, but people walked out and said like I, I wasn't prepared for how that would feel or I don't remember the last time I was just inspired. Um, so we're, we're pretty excited um, and tired. Um, and I wanted to bring onto the show today um, the woman who has really taken our event to the next level. Um, she is my good friend, Connie Waxer from Bud's Design. Connie, thank you so much for joining us this morning. Hi, good morning. How are you? Good. Are you feeling as tired as I am? Are you <laughs> Can you hear me? Mm, now I do. What do you, I'm sorry, I'm, oh, I got so cut off for a second. Just tired as me, or have you started to recover? Uh, probably, probably. Cool. All right. So let's talk about where do you think we went from? Like, you know, you joined in year two at the All Stars event. Now we're up to year five. Um, what would you say has grown, changed, improved from when you found us? Um, because the first year that we did this party. A woman named Sarah Lasry, literally in five weeks, put a party together. We had no budget. We had no time. I just wrote on Facebook, it would be fun to have a party to celebrate the All-Stars. And boom, five weeks later, you know, we put something together, and that was amazing. But we sort of came amazing. in since we got a chance to plan. And, you know, so how, how would you say, from your perspective, how did we change and improve in the last four years? Well, the first year that we started, it was in a much, much smaller space, and all we were doing was trying to fit in a lot of people into a smaller space, and we also didn't work on the program as much. The, the documentary or the premiere was beautiful, but we didn't have, like, a program surrounding it, and now we have more of, a like, a ceremony, which is really nice, and people really, really like that, and it's very inspirational for them. Mm. So that I would say that our planning gets bigger and grander every year. Right, right. No, so the truth is that um, you know you learn from your mistakes. We did the first All Stars video with Joe Lieberman, Faye Kellerman, Alex Claire, and when the next year All Stars came around, I didn't even think we should film another video because um, I'm an idiot. And I was like, no, we have an All Stars video already. Why do we need a second one? And people were writing online, "Where's the video?" And I was like, oh shoot, I didn't think to do that. So I actually have a little bit of a regret that those All-Stars never got filmed, and that's kind of one of my plans at some point to redo that. But that year was just, we did it at Lincoln, Lincoln um, Square, 
And yeah, no, that, it was really nice, actually. It was, it was a fun party. Was, we've come a long way since then, though. Come a long way, right? There was no real program. It was more just like um, a fun party and coming out to. And I think that people really enjoy coming out to celebrate Kiddush Hashem and coming out. And they could still read about, you know, you came up with the All-Stars Hall of Fame. So at every um, event, we always have sort of like a museum type of feel where the All-Stars pictures are blown up and their bios are blown up. And you really can look to these people as real role models and, you know, people of success. And we're actually going to be adding an All-Stars Hall of Fame to juvenilecity.com soon because I think it's such an exciting. And, you know, we get emails from people that are like, my family thinks I'm crazy since I became religious. Like, what can I show them to, you know, help them see that, like, I didn't lose my mind. I'm just, you know, leaving a meaningful life now. So I think having the All-Stars Hall of Fame to take people to virtually. I and mean, then that's really happening because we came up with that funny. Um, so fine, so that's on terms of, so we have the program, which was more established in year three, and then year four, Saul Blinkoff, while he was an all-star, decided that the program needed to be changed. In the last two years, he put together this beautiful, tight program where we had two and a half minute videos, one minute speeches. Um, the authors don't always like to be told that you have Yeah, but um, we had a few people joking, like, I have a minute to say this, but, you know, I'm not going to, but they, they were pretty close to the minute. Um, and I think people really appreciate people speaking less because people speak, I think, more often. Um, and then, but how about like on the party side of things? Like, how would you say um, that the party um, has developed in terms of food or in terms of flow or that sort of a thing? Well, for for two years we did it in the Museum of Jewish Heritage, which was a beautiful space. And I I liked doing it there because I felt like it was nice, like it was uh, uh, because it was the Museum of Jewish Heritage. It had like that nice. It it, it kind of made me feel like it matched like for doing the city, and it was really nice. And they had like a theater and everything. But this year we just needed more space, and we ended up with this great venue that had like this edgy feel to it, and it was really good. And then we had this. They gave us a. They kind of built us a, a theater. And we just had more space to have more people, which was amazing, because we definitely, the more people come, the more Kiddush Hashem. Right, and the party sure. itself, there was, there, you know, we keep changing things up and trying to do, use different food people, and I think this year we really did well with Josh from Nobo and Executive Caterers. They did a really good job. Really good job. Um, I, yeah, I, I think that next year we'll need more food. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, you know, for me, I think that always happens. I feel like at every event, um, and thank God they've all gone, gone so well and people left so inspired, but people often um, have a way of being like, that was amazing, and then they start listing for me all the things that weren't amazing. Um, oh, oh right, right, right. Like right after we've been working for months at it. But, um, you know, and I always brace myself, like, okay, what went wrong? And thank God this year, like, every person that came up to me was just gushing and the food was great. There was a ton of food. The program uplifted. It was the right timing. It's such a wonderful feeling. And we still have what to work on for next year to tweak it better. But it's such a nice sort of, you know, I think, lesson for anything in life, anything you work at. Like, if you listen enough to criticism and to critique and work to improve, you can get to a place where you'll never be perfect. But um, it's just such a satisfying feeling to say, like, this was really spot on. I feel like we have a little bit of a problem, though, Fanny, because... I think fundraising dinners are normally boring, and this was a fundraiser for us, and thank God this was also our most profitable year, and as the person most responsible for raising money for doing the city and Project Malcolm, 
it is such a relief for me. Uh, but the question is, I feel like people really have this mindset of like fundraising dinners are boring, galas are boring. Um, and I think some of the people didn't exactly know what they were going to or were so pleasantly surprised that it was so much better than they expected. Did you find that as well? Yeah, I think it, it's really like a fun happening party. You don't feel like you're at a stuffy dinner and everyone has to um, sit and listen to a bunch of speeches. The program is inspiring, fascinating. It's it's something that people want to sit at. It's not, you know, and it's done differently. It's not everyone sitting at a dinner table watching one guy get up and speak. You know, those things have their place too. But um, it's just a different feel. It feels more like the Jewish Emmys, which is what we're aiming for. So that's good. Right, for sure. And you know that this, you know, this year the party, the it would never have been possible without the help of, you know, Amy Feinstein and Haya Teitelbaum from Title Creative because they really, they really brought it, like, to the next level. For Both sure. Now, let's maybe take a, a moment right now to uh, list our Hakaras our, our for all of our sponsors. Um, I mean, first of all, Closer.com came out and uh, was a sponsor, and they ran this chopped competition in, during our Astro Party, which I think also brought out a ton of buzz beforehand, a ton of excitement during, a ton of buzz after, um, you know. Yeah, and it was really amazing, and it was run by Naomi Nachlin, and then it, we had these amazing judges. Maybe you should say them, <laughs> since I'm but stealing Nachman, your words. Yes, Nachman is doing kosher chop everywhere, so this time we combined our forces to make kosher chop all-stars. Um, and we had um, our celebrity kosher judges, Daniela Silver, Fani Applebaum from Busy in Brooklyn, Esme Wolby from I Don't Cook, But I Give Out Recipes, and Chef Aton Bernath. And what was so cute was that Chef Aton um, is this, like, 16-year-old, you know, modern Orthodox boy in Shiva, and he and David Mazuz is this, you know, 16-year-old modern Orthodox boy in Shiva that are both, you know, on TV, and so they got to meet. And for me, that's so fun to see sort of, like, all-star people meeting each other. Um, but, yeah, so, so the competition was awesome, and I think there was a lot of excitement about our three competitors, and... Um, we sent people home with uh, cute cutting boards and knives and great, you know, food baskets from Culture.com. And Nobo gave a $150 um, gift certificate to the winner. Um, so that added that and really what, um, there. What, saying, what I loved about the top competition is that um, I think the kosher um, food market has expanded and become so amazing and People don't have to feel like anymore. Don't have to feel like they're settling anymore by eating kosher. I mean, I, I'm sure there are people that come from a not from background that have felt that way. That when they became kosher, they had to settle. And I feel like that top competition kind of brought that to our event. It was like kosher food can be amazing, and the kosher food world is evolving, and that's great for me. For sure. Um, and I mean, that was, you know, when I go through my list of things that people misunderstand or the reasons that people give why they either want to stop things from or that they would never consider more observance. Um, you know, food is a huge piece of that. And even, you know, I'm from now for 20 years. Um, and there was a ton of kosher labels back when I became religious. I mean, for sure more than when my husband grew up kosher. Um, but for me, that transition, I remember like falling asleep at night. And, like, almost, like, crying about not having, like, bacon cheeseburgers anymore and being, like, Hashem, I hope you have an equivalent in Ghanadin of, you know, bacon cheeseburgers because I'm giving them up now. But I feel like we're really, um, it's come to a whole new level. And what this party really represents is that 
you know, as Rusty Breyer said, you don't have to compromise your standards. You can keep all of your, you know, firm standards and really live the best life. And I don't know, I think at the end of the day, that it's such a meaningful message to Jews from every side and every background that you can have this beautiful life, but then at the end of the day, um, you know, it's, it's a spiritual life, a meaningful life. Um, let's talk about the inspiration for how you, like, plan a party, because I see that space, and they said at the venue, oh, there's, like, branding options, but I don't get the vision that Tommy West where I guess, like, how did you put together, like, you had, like, hanging stars from the ceiling, so all of our past all-stars were represented, and for me, that was it was pretty special because the first year that we did the All-Stars, it was just meant to be a video. It was just meant to be a video to show that Orthodox women are allowed to work. And um, shockingly, people don't realize that. And I was someone that didn't realize that. You see people pushing strollers, women pushing strollers, and you think, oh, those bad Orthodox husbands don't let them work. Um, I've had reporters from major outlets tell me this. Um, and then you think that Orthodox men are all rabbis because you see a beard and a hat, and you think that that looks rabbinic even though there was a range of careers that Orthodox men could have. So the first year that we did this to show sort of the top careers, a lot of the naysayers came out and said, oh, great, you found 10 people that, you know, um, have, you know, uh, super successful careers. You're never going to do this again. And now we're five years into it, and we've got a long list of people that we have never revealed yet for the future, and more, more nominations coming in all the time. Um, so that was really exciting just to see those stars hanging from the ceiling. Yeah, there's... There were so many of them. They filled up the whole ceiling in in one area, which is amazing. And and like you're saying, when it, you're always saying, "Oh, this person could be an author, and that person could be an author," so the list is long. The list is long, and we, um, God willing, will have. I mean, like the, the thing about it, like the, the planning is so exhausting. But every time we do this, and it gets better and better to see. And all I can think of now is like we have to just get more people in the room because. Jews should be able to feel this good. They should be able to feel, it's not just Jewish pride, it's pride about, um, like, Torah and Mitzvah. It's not like, oh, I'm a Jew, and, like, I have, like, my Jewish pride as a kid, we weren't religious, and so my mom didn't know how to give a pride around Torah and Mitzvah, but it was just more of, like, a pride of, like, we're successful people, we're good people, and she did the best that she could, and that was good. But to have people really feel like um, that our, our observance is a privilege and not a burden, I feel like this is really the key to Jewish continuity. It's the key to Jews waking up and feeling happy to daven and waking up and feeling excited and proud, to daven. proud to be from. Exactly. Um, as opposed to, like, the, the shame that the negative headlines bring. So I'm talking a lot now. Let's go back to the decor. How did, when did you, when or how did you decide? Because the stars are one thing, and then you came up with this, like, sick. I'm going to use now the language of my kids because now sick means something cool. And I'm totally like, you know, talking a lot. The young oh, language. I am not sure else <laughs> when it happened. No, you had... Um, <laughs> how did you come up with all those video ideas? I don't know. You don't know how you get I the idea. I it in our head. <laughs> you just have it in your head. So, Connie filled the walls of the space with quotes from our Mako members in like sort of handwritten font. Big and small. And to be able, and then we had underneath it voices from Malcolm, and it was just like so exciting to be able to really touch the, you know, the feelings and the reactions of the people whose lives were changing. Because, you know, on the Jew in the City side, it's a little bit more anonymous. It's like just people on the internet that you know interact with our content, and then their lives would change. And if I told you this, Connie, someone at the event came up to me and she said, "My mother-in-law wants to meet you. She's religious today because of Jew in the City." So, um, and that was really exciting to meet her. So, 
for a lot of the people that find our content at Jim City, just reading it and watching it is enough for them to have a change of knowledge, and then they go out and like find the resources in their world and become more observant. Um, but that's a little bit hard to wrap our arms around. For Project Moscow, these are real people that are coming to Shabbat homes and to events and to support right. groups and you know getting matched for Shabbat. Um, but there's still a certain level of anonymity because for a lot of these people, this is a private journey. Um, and so to be able to just see their wall, their words up on the wall and understand, you know, by supporting our event tonight, you're helping these people feel like they belong. One quote said, I never meant to go OTD. I just didn't know where I fit. You know, I want to, I want to be firm. I want to connect with Hashem. So you can't, so it just, well, I think, yeah. yeah, I'm sorry. Oh no. So yeah, you said you, you think. No, I think that we're, um, the idea for the quotes came from is that we, we ran a few Shabbatons. I, I, you know, I wasn't involved in every part of Project Muckholm, but I have been involved in Project Muckholm since it started. And uh, last year, we hosted the Hanukkah party in my house, and when people were leaving, they were saying things, and I was, I just remembered then thinking, it would be so nice if other people could hear what these people are saying. So this year when we were doing the thing, when we were planning the event and we're talking about um, how it's going to be, it, we're going to do it to benefit Project Makom, I was trying to find a way to bring that, that that little intimate Hanukkah party that was in my house that my husband had not been involved in Project Makom before, only I was. We just It's just not for any reason except for that it never worked out. Um, and when they came here, he really he was so touched by it. And I wanted other people to, and I had told him so much about Project Malcolm before, and he just never really felt it because he never met the people. And um, I wanted them to feel that feeling too, so I was trying to figure out how we would do that, how we would show people that. And those, you know, that's where that came from. <laughs> Love it. It's amazing. Um, and someone said to me that the only criticism he had was that we didn't, Fill up city field with people. Yeah, so, well, Elson, challenge on. Challenge on. So, um, I mean, yes. I think okay, we can aim a little lower for next year, but five years down the line, we have to be in city field. You know, someone wrote to me um, about like all the post event like recap stuff because everything's over. Like, well, first of all, my son, it was like three days later, if I told the matron's son, he was like, Mommy, when's your party? And I'm like, What? You didn't okay. notice. <laughs> My kids crack me up. But then my husband is like, um, are you done working? And I'm like, oh my gosh, the work has just begun. Um, so we could take an all-stars um, post-party uh, vacation, but we're already planning for the next. So, I mean, obviously, okay, so City Field is 41,000 people. So, like, that won't be next year. Um, but I think we need to grow. I think we need to get more people into seats. So I guess the question is, I think all the people that were there, like, are talking. My, my sense is that everyone that went told me, I'm telling everyone. We've gotten great press now in the Jerusalem Post and the Algamine and more articles are coming out. But do you have a sense? Have you ever seen any organizations that grew at this sort of rate or a city field like a little bit cuckoo and maybe we should? Yes, I actually have seen organizations grow. I... As a little kid, I remember going with my mother to plan this little brunch-in, I'm, I'm sorry, luncheon in someone's house and um, for an organization that helps kids with cancer. And right now they have the biggest party in Brooklyn every year. And I remember the first party. I was probably in kindergarten. But I remember going with my mother and we were, and, and 
people came with their babies to the party, but I remember my mother planning it, like in our kitchen or in our dining room. And they were talking about it, and they were saying, one day we'll have 100 people. And today they have, I don't know, they must have like 10,000 people come to their event. Easy, but maybe more. Maybe 41,000. Wow. Oh, my goodness. It's really amazing. Okay. So I, I actually remember that happening. And, Allison, we're going to say, remember that time when we first started planning that party in Lincoln Square Synagogue? Well, I don't remember the year before, but I, I just heard about it from you and Sarah. And we'll say, could you imagine that party and look where we are today? We can almost say that now because we've doubled the, and tripled the amount of people. And we've doubled and tripled the amount of food we have to have and all the different things that we do. And every year we, you know, we try to outdo ourselves and... Yeah, I think you just keep going, and you'll just keep out doing yourself and having more people. Um, I do have to say a word to the people out there. Don't sign up the day of. <laughs> it's such waiting. Yeah, please. I know. I think it's, it's like a Jewish thing. You just they, they just can't commit, like, uh, two hours before they have to commit, like, and <laughs> Never mind a week before. <laughs> I mean, the truth is that I don't do that. I also sign up, like, the day of, um, and so I guess... I know, we all do. You have okay, to have, so like, let's there. just put that out there for everyone. Allison Joseph cannot sleep because no one signs up until the week of, day of, hour of the party. Right, so the morning so of... Her, don't worry, they're all coming, but sh- Allison is still always worried. <laughs> no, it's um, because... You know, you, you buy a certain size space. You rent a certain size space. You buy a certain amount of food. And the truth is that in the morning... It's a pressure. We did not have... Um, it's really a test of Amuna, I think, this event planning. Um, yeah, we I did think not so, have, too. Not nearly 500 sign-ups in the morning. But I put that in my speech anyway because I felt like we're going to get there. <laughs> I think we're going to get there. Um, <laughs> and then, I think we went over 500 this year, Allison, actually. That, that's... I mean, we were we had standing according room to the wait staff and and everyone there. The the head count was at more than five hundred. Five hundred. So to to be in that's that what room. They, that's what the the wait staff um thought, and they like kind of do this like like scanning count, you know, and they they're used to it because they they're they're walking around serving at parties all the time. So it's not like me who organizes an event and then I just hang around them and while I'm doing it they're actually serving the people so they, they they're like mentally count, calculating how many people there are and they're usually pretty on, like on target so they say more well, than 500 alright yay wait staff um, <laughs> do you have any like highlights of you know we're just starting to roll out the all stars video so you can go on to com right now you can see our intro video which sort of shows um, how you and the city got started and how Project Malcolm um, was accidentally born out of Jew in the city. Um, or, you know, I think a lot of people get why Project Muslim exists. Um, the people, I would say, on sort of both extremes think that we're here to recruit. We're here to take, you know, um, happy OTD people and make them from. We're here to take happy Haredim and make them modern. Like, um, really, we started Project Muslim because people that had fallen out of their community um, were looking for a way to stay religious. And we just answered that call to say, if it didn't work where you were, um, there's other places we can show you. And people end up sometimes from ultra Hasidish to modern Hasidish, so it's not like everyone even ends up modern. Um, there's a range of communities that we show, and really our purpose is to show people um, what's out there so they can choose for themselves. Um, but we have a video um, on the website right now showing how Jewish City um, sort of grew into Project Mako when the people came to us. And we also have Rufi Fryer's video, and Jim will have her speech, 
Were there any um, all-stars in particular, any videos, any remarks that, you know, kind of especially touched you that, now that I'm putting you on the spot, I'm going to ask you to recall, did you, did you, were you able to see anything, or were you too busy? Um, I actually worked right through the program, Allison, so I, I didn't get to see it. Get to see the program. Okay, if I'm, I'm asking the wrong person. So you're definitely asking the wrong person, but um, I did hear... Um, you know, as I was working, the doors were open, and I just, you know, I was overhearing things. I did hear um, Ahmed Zayed say how his father changed his life, which touched me, because I feel like my father really made a big impact on my life, and my father also just passed. And um, that was very, it kind of hit a spot for me, just because, you know, I related to that. Um, and then I, I heard David Mazuz say, I'm just an actor, and these people, they're, they're saying they can't believe they're here, and why am I here? And I thought that was so cute because I thought it sounded so genuine and so real, and he just didn't understand what he did that was so great. And I think that's such a nice meetup to have and such a nice um, personality to just feel like, I don't know why I'm here, but I just do my thing, and it's, you know, it's a good thing, and I thought that was so nice. Yeah, so David Mazuz, um, you know, you would expect um, a kid growing up in Hollywood um, to be kind of, you know, self-absorbed and, I don't know, especially if you like... this he is like a fineness about him, that's what I, yeah. I thought. No, this is a selfie generation, and when I met him for the interview, first of all, we filmed um, in, um, where was it, Yeshiva Hatid and Teaneck, I posted online, I need a, a warehouse, an abandoned warehouse with a, like, Gotham star, because I wanted you know, the video to really, like, kind of feel related to the All-Star. So I met him there, and I was so moved by him. He is sincere. He's genuine. Um, he's such a leader, only 16. And I feel like, although, like, like, on one hand, like, Hollywood and TV, it's shallow. This is not what life is about. On the other hand, um, as human beings, we're drawn to the shallow. And this has always been, I think, the secret sauce of the All-Stars, that we hook people in. It's sort of that shallow side of ourselves that, like, wants the good food and the good clothes and the, like, you know, glitzy, glitzy, whatever. And then when people are there, and personally, I think it's fine to celebrate Kiddush Hashem. I think it's a fabulous reason to get dressed up and to eat the best food, to celebrate, you know, something so wonderful. But once we're there and they've been hooked by the shallow, then we, you know, kind of keep them there with the deep and we, you know, get straight to their neshama. And I think the Vima Zuz is such a perfect, I mean, all the altars are amazing, but the fact that no, they so really were all amazing this year. Uh, I mean, every year. Every year. I know, we're so blessed. I can't think of one all-star that wasn't amazing. I know. No, we, we thank God we, we've been so blessed to find such wonderful people. We will be opening up nominations again, um, which oh, is both wow. exciting, wow. exciting and nauseating to me. Um, but <laughs> we have such an amazing team now. I'm saying between Sarah Levine, our editor-in-chief, and Amy Feinstein, um, you know, who sort of coordinated the party and you know, Zeltzer, you know, who just did, kept like all the listing stuff in place um, to have so many people now. Like Amy said to me, how did you possibly do this alone a couple of years ago? And like, I mean, I don't know, it was by the grace of God, I guess, but certainly now we have more people and we didn't do as good, for sure. We're not as good <laughs> a few years ago. It's just so, <laughs> it's amazing to have this wonderful team and people are committed and but for me, they never you know, did it alone. That's the truth. There were always people helping. No, no, for sure. No, there were always people helping, but getting more people and each people in specialized is helpful. And I think to have people come out with their spouses, and in our case, it's basically all husbands, but we're almost a nearly entirely female organization. 
um, to have them come out and to really sort of get to like enjoy like the nachas of our work and spouses to see because we've been working our, our staff pretty hard but to really be like wow like I'm a part of this I'm a piece of this it's just um, I, I hope I think it makes a lot of great will to move forward and say let's do more let's be bigger let's reach more Jews let's make more Jews feel great about being them um, so thank you uh, we're, we're out of time now honey but thank you so much for um, coming right. on and have a great day, day. And um, and I guess we're we're gonna start planning uh, two thousand. And everyone buy your tickets early next year. Tickets early, okay. And let's and let Alice and Joseph sleep at night. <laughs> start sleeping again. All right. So um, thank you. Right. Thank you for all right. Oh, Alice, and it's time for a massage. Okay. Yeah, definitely. Um, another massage. Um, we still have up on the site. We have opportunities for buying auction tickets. We are keeping the um, All Stars auction open a little bit longer. They're twenty five dollars a piece at jewinthecity.com slash events. If you couldn't come out or you did come out but you still want to support us, here's a way for you to support our work in a, a smaller way. You can get a whole lot of auction tickets. Um, the winners will be announced online by Mayan Bialik. So that's fun. She might say your name. Um, and you can catch us same time, same place next week. Bye-bye.